everyone, this is the Apollonia Rockwall Show, and I have my good friend Skylar Schistler here, and I am so excited to get into this because our side conversations over the last couple of weeks, we had our first podcast about, that was a, what, almost a month ago, mm-hmm, yeah. and I feel that we touched a lot on your successes and I was able to learn those things more in depth about you, but I want to actually ask you a whole, I have a whole new set of things to ask you since the last time we met. Let's go. So um, for those of you, first of all, who haven't seen the last, the last podcast, please, please listen to that last one. It was amazing with Skylar and Brian Green. It was amazing. Um, but for, if you haven't seen those yet, our, I want to give you a little bit of a background. So Skylar has owned a few, uh, actually multiple successful businesses. Skylar is a successful, he's a professional uh, speaker, public speaker as well. And again, I don't want to just all focus in on the successes. I just have a lot of other things to ask you. So, Absolutely. well, what I first want to start with is yesterday's conversation. And actually, I mean, even before this podcast, it was funny what you told me, but, um, and I'm sure a lot of people come to you with these types of scenarios. So I call you yesterday and I'm like, Skylar, I have a lot of things going on. I know we have, I know we have honestly a podcast started and, or we have a podcast scheduled for tomorrow. I have X, Y, Z challenges, meetings, things on my plate. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do a podcast Mm-hmm. I said, I don't think that I'll be able to show up in the way that I need to show up. And what you told me and what I could already feel is a common theme with you. And it's more of, I feel that it's your mindset is toughen up. It's... But in a nice way. In a nice way. Okay, good, good. It's, like, it's like, it's like, it's <laughs> like, no. And I think. Whether you're a business owner, whether you're trying to pursue whatever that thing is, I think that in that pursuit, you're going to get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. You're going to face death. You're going to face obstacles in whatever that pursuit is. And it is so, it it was so good or it was so refreshing to hear someone tell me because this is what I needed to hear. I needed somebody to tell me to toughen up. And what you just told me before the podcast, which is still just like ingrained in my brain, is you said you're not getting picked on. Like you're being picked. Mm -hmm. So what is your response when people come to you with, I'm trying to succeed with this, or I'm trying to achieve this, and this is in my way. I can't see past it. I mean, what is going through your... When I, when I called you yesterday, like, what were your thoughts? Um, well, like, uh, yeah. you know, Apollonia, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, it means a lot uh, to have a platform where we can share our story, um, mainly so that we can help other people learn from our mistakes and, and from our stories. Uh, what goes through my mind when I get phone calls where somebody goes, I've got an obstacle in my way. Me yesterday. Is, uh, we yeah, can't do yeah, the podcast. Right? And, and I've worked with thousands of people in business, thousands, mm-hmm. and I get this phone call a lot. Um, I just tell them, it tells me we're on the brink of something big. That's the first thing you told me. You said, so I came to you, yeah. um, it was, I don't know, noon yesterday. I'm like, I don't know if we can do the podcast tomorrow, um, blah, 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 blah. And you said, you paused, and you said, take a deep breath. And you said, do you feel that you're on the brink of something great? And I'm like, yeah. 
I really do. I feel that I, I feel like I'm more in tune with my purpose now than I ever have been. I feel that I'm more self-aware in this moment than I ever have been. I feel that there's a lot of there's a lot going for me. I'm like, why, Skylar? Like, why? And you're like, the devil's trying to attack you. Yes. And I was like, I, for so long, and what I've shared with uh, talking with Brian, and I have not looked at my life through those lens in such a long time. I haven't looked at obstacles in my life and I haven't looked at challenges as the devil is trying to attack me. That's no coincidence when you are feeling down or something's happening in your life and it's not going the way that you planned and intended it to be. That's no coincidence the devil is trying to attack you and I hadn't looked at it like that in such a long time. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Such a, such a powerful mind shift, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, when I when I kind of gained that perspective was when um, last last podcast we talked about a guy named Darren Walker. Yeah. Um, you know, he's in New York. Um, we we grew up from completely different backgrounds, different lives. And um, when when I was introduced to him, he had concepts that I'd never been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And he always said something that that stuck with me, kind of like what stuck with you was, uh, we all pray for strength. Right? Yes. You pray for it. Yes. But the Which I was second yesterday. Yeah. God fills your backpack that you're wearing full of weights, you are now weighed down, and you feel the pressure of that doing those reps or walking that line or whatever it is with pressure, with real hard labor. And we crack, we break. So if you're going to pray for strength, Get ready to have some weights thrown on your back because that's the only way you get strong, right? You don't get strong by doing the 20-pound bar at the, at the, at the gym. You've got to keep stacking weight on. You've got to break that muscle down. You are not being picked on. You've been chosen. You've been picked, right? And so when somebody calls me and they're like, you know, I really wanted to do X, Y, Z, but this obstacle is in my way. Whether it be a spouse, a friend, uh, money, whatever. If there's something in the way, I know that you were destined to be great. Are you going to allow something mediocre, something minimal, be such a big giant in your life to take you out of the game that soon? Right? Are you willing to let something take you out of the game? Right, so we revert oh back my to the goodness. we revert back to the Bible, and when they talk about faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain, mm-hmm. that's all you have. Mm-hmm. Think about it; it's all you have is you have faith. And one of my favorite songs right now is from Panic at the Disco. It's High Hopes for a Living, mm-hmm. right? It's you know when when people take my life and where I'm currently at, and and they say, Skyler, you've accomplished so much mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. at the age of 34. How did that happen? And I would say, you know, what that song says. I would say, I had high hopes for a living. Like, that was my job, is to have high hopes and keep moving forward. And no matter what obstacle came on my way, I'm going to move that mountain. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. drill through it. I'm going to climb it. I'm going to stick dynamite in it. I'm going to blow it up. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I don't know what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I never will know what it looks like. And right now, right now, at, on this podcast, 
the devil is plotting and scheming against me, mm -hmm. and he's going to bring the things that I love the most against me. That's what you told me yesterday. And then what right. else did you tell me? What I'm looking for? What did you say? How did you say it? What the answer that I'm looking for is where I don't want to find it. Or what yeah, so, so David Goggins had said something on a podcast recently, which made me actually want to read his book. And uh, I just got done finishing that book. Amazing book, by the way. But um, what he said was, the answers you're looking for are in the places you don't want to look. They're in your closet. And so what I said earlier um, was, you have to go into that closet and look for the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. And you got to grab that SOB by the throat, and you got to choke him out. Mm -hmm. And you got to take over that boogeyman in your closet so that it's no longer a thing that you fear. So how people can, uh, how the viewers can apply this to their life, so um, how, would that, how would that concept be put into real life? So if it's, a, if it's yeah. an actual fear, yeah. mm -hmm. or if there's something, you know, how, how would you relate yeah. that? If do going on do what you fear most, and the death of fear is imminent. Okay? And so you have to oh attack it. Anything that you fear, yeah. if you're watching this podcast, I know there's something you fear. I fear it too, and I battle this every single day. Make sure that you're running towards the problems rather than running away from the problems. Oh because gosh. what happens when we run away from problems? It gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger until the monster is so big, it's like King Kong, or it's like, it's like Godzilla running through your town, and it's smashing everything in your town, your life, mm -hmm. because it's such a big problem. And if you would have just ran towards it, mm -hmm. you know, those credit card bills. I was, I was an avoider for so many years of my life. That's I hated good. Yeah. watching, you know, opening up the mail and, and sliding that thing open and looking at it and going, oh, there's another bill, and I don't have the money right now. And then what, I, what would I do? I'd just pile it on the kitchen table. Right? I love what you just said. I was an avoider for such yeah. a long time. Yeah. And if you continue to avoid your problems, mm -hmm. you are so right. They will do nothing but grow and yeah. eat at you and eventually end up destroying your life because you're then yeah. paralyzed by fear. Right. Another thing is the truth will set you free and the truth always will come out. Yeah. It, it may not come out now. Right, you know, we just watched you know Brian give an amazing podcast about drug addiction. Mm -hmm. There was only so long he could he could hold out and keep that from people. Deny, deny, deny. Until that monster got so big that everybody knew about it. So really, he didn't get to tell anybody on his terms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He didn't get to to squash that baby mm -hmm. when it was a baby. Mm -hmm. He had to face Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And the reason why we we are afraid to, to go after our problems is because we, we have so many Godzillas or the boogeymen in our closet. So, um, you know, I've just, over the last six years, um, going in and out of so many obstacles, uh, I've just learned that no more running from it. You know, just no more running from it. Do what I does that look problems? like? Yeah. Uh, well, when my marriage was failing, um, I, I, I didn't take the victim approach anymore. I, would, I said, no more being a victim, no more allowing myself to justify the reason why I'm where I'm at as an excuse to keep, to stay there, basically. So, in that situation, um, were you blaming everything on, on your spouse, where it was, yeah. is that how you would justify, hey, I'm doing me, yeah. 
you're doing, you know, this is your fault or your, is that what? Yeah, basically I would say you just don't understand. Okay. My business is my business, so stay out of my business. Mm -hmm. That's what I used to say to my wife. Mm -hmm. Imagine being on the other end of that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't matter, right? That's what, that's what, that's she, what she got. She got, you don't matter. And what I was saying was you don't respect me. Well, there's a really good book if you're going through marital issues. Uh, Love and Respect is probably one of my favorite books. It'll teach you uh, how, how men think and how women think and how those two can coexist and why we need both men and women to exist in a happy harmony versus, you know, just two, you know, you know the, the, when you have two alpha males come together, why they're budding is because there's a respect issue there. Yeah. Well, imagine if a female is not respecting on a man's side. Or what if a woman does not feel loved or included or brought up to speed? So could you imagine my wife? So when we, when she was wanting to divorce me, um, I want to say we were about, we were between six and seven years of marriage. Okay. Okay? So we've been married for a long time. Could you imagine living for six years to have a husband that says, I earn all the money, it's my money, right? Um, uh, if my business is my business, so stay out of my business. Um, I, you know, I used to say some really messed up stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I really looked at my life mm -hmm. and go, I created this. Mm -hmm. I created this. Now, it, it, does it take two to tangle? Absolutely it does, and I understand that, right? Mm -hmm. it, so, so when I started looking at my life and going... I made all this mess. This is my, when you started to own it and yeah. take the responsibility yeah. for what was going on you, in your life. You know, um, I'm famous as saying, you know, uh, whatever obstacle is in your way, that actually becomes the way, right? And so Ryan Holiday wrote a book called Obstacles Away, and it's based on still principles of saying, like, there is a challenge in front of me, and that challenge actually becomes the path. Wow. Overcoming the challenge becomes a path. If you beat oh around gosh. it, you're yeah. never on the path. No, no. Right? And so the growth that happens gives you meaning. Right? So when when you're sitting here, and let's just I'm going to take sales because right now I, I currently do a lot of sales. Okay. okay. And I make a big goal for myself to say, all right, I'm, I'm going to enroll uh, 100 new customers over the next 90 days, okay? okay. Mm -hmm. That's a huge obstacle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Most That's people will huge... be like, how in the heck are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. Okay? I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to work hard, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with my team, I'm going to work with my family, I'm going to work with my friends, and we're going to work on that, right? Yeah. And then what we're going to do is, is we're going we're gonna to head it straight on. Right, we're just gonna head it straight on. And, Versus avoid. Right, instead of procrastinating and all stuff, let's just get to it. Yeah. And it's scary, and I, making those phone calls and reaching out to people and seeing what my resources are. That's always gonna be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right, there's always gonna have a little bit of uncomfortable uh, aspect of what you're doing. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But see, when you are in that struggle, it is sometimes painful. Mm -hmm. It is sometimes. Um, can't see the way yeah, out you can't or can't see, see it, the it, way well, through. It's almost suffocating is where I was going to go. So you, you yeah. definitely, you know, led me on that. But uh, it's suffocating to the point where you just want to get out of it. And you go, why did I take on this task? Why did I have to be an ambitious person? So now you're judging your character. 
and you're questioning yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and this is what's got me into depressive states in my life, okay. right? Okay. Is when I'm like, why can't I just be the guy who gets a nine to five? Why do I have to be this entrepreneur? Why do I have to go after lofty goals? Why, why can't I just get by with a Kia versus a, a Porsche? You know what I mean? Like, why can't I do that? Well, the reason why is because everything that I've, I've done through all of those struggles, when I accomplish them, the meaning is more than just accomplishing a goal. It's building my character. It's stretching my comfort zone. I was able it's, to get through this. Yes. There, there's so much in there, and the celebration is half the fun, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, when so you hit a lofty goal and you say, when we do this, we're getting a yacht down in Florida. Yeah. We're going to spend three days down. We're going to party on a million-dollar yacht, mm -hmm. and we're not going to think about business. We're not going to talk about business. We're just going to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. We'll reset, and we'll do it again. That's just as fun. But see, we partied because we had a purpose. My issue with people partying is they party on Friday night like they accomplished something. <laughs> Nothing. You didn't accomplish shit. You got yourself in more debt, yeah. and you got a mediocre paycheck, a J-O-B. Yeah. Just over broke. Pay you enough to keep coming back. Yeah. And pay you not enough, so you have to keep coming back. Yes. Right? And so when, when I start thinking about this stuff, by the way, if you have a job, it's all good. I'm just saying this is my mindset. This is what allowed me to break through is go, I'm on this path because I need to become who I was destined to be. Mm -hmm. When did you start making that shift? Hmm. So when did you in your life make, what are those defining shifts, that, those memories, those moments that you could really feel that your life changed and led you to who you are today? What were those defining moments? Like did you know you, like in high school, in middle school, after that? Yeah. Um, You've always been a big thinker? Yeah, but I've always been kind of a big thinker. Um, you know, I, I've always felt like I was, I was made different than most people. Um, wow. And, 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 and I think we all feel that way. I think in some instance, if we interviewed a thousand people, they would all say that. Really? Right? Yeah. I, I thought that there was something that I had that was special, and right. it wasn't until. And here's the thing, we all are. That's so true. We're all different. Because mm -hmm. if if everybody was me, this world would not turn around. Yeah. It would never rotate. Yeah. Right. So we need everybody to make this world go around. So that thought process, once I understood that we are all different, mm -hmm. that's when I stopped trying to be like everybody. And when I stopped trying to be like everybody, that's when I started to find answers to problems that I wanted to help solve. When was that? When was that? Because that's a huge defining moment. When I, when I failed my hockey career. Oh, I forgot. We had a connection. My little brother. Yeah. Not Renegades. Yeah. Uh, was it Renegades? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when you were playing hockey, mm -hmm. thought that you were going to take that career yeah. further and it didn't happen? I, I believe, and, and some of my old teammates might, might uh, be watching this someday and they might go, you're, <laughs> you're full of shit, man, but I believed in my heart that I had everything it, it took to become uh, a professional hockey player. Okay. Um, that I was your it, life, your family yeah, was in yeah, it. I in the time, I, I, I learned the skills, I played hockey with some of the best people on this planet. I was mentored by... Uh, Mark Messier and his brother. I moved in, you know, I moved all over the country to play hockey. I, I did what it took. I became an outlier in the sport. Okay. Okay. okay? Um, 
But I know when I was when I was when I was working with the semi-pro teams, mm-hmm. and uh, I would show up in locker rooms, mm-hmm. I wouldn't look at how do I add value to this situation, or mm-hmm. what is my job or role in this locker room. Mm-hmm. It's me sizing up the guy across the locker room that I just met, who's from New York. I'm from Colorado, and me going, God, I wish I was him. That's where your mind was at. Yeah, I, I wish I was taller. I wish I. I wish I was built a little bigger like him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, I've heard about that guy. That mm-hmm. guy can, you know, make moves that I've never been able to accomplish. I wish I was him. And I didn't want to be me. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is why I choked up because there were so many times, and we all have this, where we're in our own skin, and sometimes we just wish we weren't in our in our own skin. Yeah. We wish. I we think so many skin, people can relate to right? that. Right. And, and so when I failed, it wasn't because I didn't put in the time, it wasn't because I wasn't good enough, it was because I was trying to be somebody else and I wasn't grateful for who I was. For such a long time you right. felt that way. Yeah, yeah. So many people can relate to that. I think that there are a lot of people yeah. that are in that moment today yeah. where they don't feel simply enough, right? right? I mean, that's what it boils down yeah. to is not feeling enough or not wanting to be anybody but yourself. Absolutely. So while I was traveling across the country and people were, you know, trying to strike deals for me to play for, for other teams and they're trying to move me up a level and move me down a level and I'm li- living from bus to bus and hotel yeah. room to hotel room trying to make this career in hockey, which I don't, I, I, I tell people about it, but I don't tell people about it. Does that make sense? Because it because, was well, I don't Well, not only that, but I didn't go anywhere in my, in my mind. Right? I really didn't. Like, I was there, but I didn't go anywhere. And so, I really had to look at myself and go, man, I've always gotten so close to the top of anything that I did. Yeah. And I was, I was 19, 20 years old when, when I had this revelation, and I said, you know what, no, no more. Well, um, just no more working my butt off just to come up short. No more wishing, no more hoping, yep. Yep. I'm going to take control. And then what, what I realized, it was self-sabotage. And what I also didn't realize was when I was 26, 27 years old, when I was faced with a divorce, I realized that I had created self-sabotage. And two years before that, I had created self-sabotage. I thought I was away from it, but I wasn't. So this was even a longer journey than I had thought, right? Mm-hmm. But when I was playing hockey, it was all about... Give it, making people bigger giants than they actually were, so then I felt like I couldn't play alongside them. Okay, okay. Okay, so there was a, there was a whole lot of just feeling inferior. Mm-hmm, you know, being 5'8", 180 pounds, you know, trying to play at, you know, the uh, semi-pro level or even college level, um, you know, is not that hard, but in my mind I thought it was hard. So, talk, I like... The words you just use, self-sabotage, yeah, and how people get themselves in the in that situation yeah. without even knowing it. It's not until you, yeah. boom, you're like, oh my gosh, I have I have self-destructed, or in a way that even you don't know it's happening yeah. Yeah. until you're there. There, but, but so talk a little bit more about that. So so self self-sabotage usually happens because you consume yourself with a thought that you mainly fear about. 
and you actually bring it into existence. Oh my gosh, right? that is so true. It's super true. Well, you like, <laughs> you're like obviously, but right? like, you're focused on that fear, those thoughts in your mind running yeah. through every single day will come yeah. to light. So I've had some amazing mentors, and one I, you know, hopefully doesn't mind me, you know, telling him, uh, telling everybody that I was mentored by him. But Don Hobart, um, it was was one of my very first mentors. Um, I didn't really choose him; he chose me. He saw something in me greater than I saw in myself. And when you have somebody who feels that way about you, mm-hmm. it's it's a whole another level of life, especially somebody with his merit, business experience and overall success, right? This first mentor, were you in a space that, were you in an emotional, not an emotional state, were you like, I need need help? Yeah, yeah, Um, I was was at a point where I could only, I could only, you know, as a carpenter, I could only earn about 50, 60,000 a year. Okay. And um, he knew that I was an up-and-coming carpenter. He knew that, that I had the skills to pay the bills, but I didn't know how to make money. What most people in business don't understand is the person that usually owns the company is not the best at business. They're really good at the craft. They're really good at their idea, Mm -hmm. but they're not good at putting the things to it like money and schedule and, you know, um, negotiation. Like, I was a really good carpenter, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what a P&L was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what profit and loss meant. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what ROI meant. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I didn't even know how to judge a percentage, you know, so I could make a profit. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know any of that stuff. You're so, just amazing at what you did. So so the way he challenged me was he had me bid on his personal house. Oh, wow. And Whoa. he heard that I did a really good job on some cabinets for a friend. And uh, he called me up and he said, hey, I heard you're a pretty good carpenter. I'd love for you to come and give me an estimate. Okay. I said, okay, cool. So I show up just like anybody else. At this time, I didn't know he was going to mentor me, and yeah, I don't think he knew at this time. And how old did you get this time? Uh, 21-ish. Okay, all right. Okay, so few few years out of, yeah, almost two years out of my, my career. Um, this is right before I proposed to my wife. Okay. Um, this is, you know, this is, this is a really crucial point where I've read books, I've looked at other people's lives, you know, um, a local builder here in town and my mentor in, in carpentry as far as teaching me the skill. Um, you know, I saw their lives, and I'm like, okay, I kind of want to go this direction, okay. right? And so, so you had a little bit of vision. Yeah, where some you vision wanted to of where go. I want to go. I knew I wanted to be a business owner. Why did I want to be a business owner? Um, because my mom worked three plus jobs just to get by as a single mom, and I just understood that you you had to create bit, uh, a, a system or something that could outlast you or make more money than you. Um, because my mom was a perfect example of working hard. Working her ass yeah, off. That's working why, hard. That's why I feel so strong about jobs and why I said working that earlier is, yeah. is is because, yeah, I know some of the most amazing people that work hard, but they're not ahead, right? Yeah. Yep. And so I started I asking myself, I would go, why does this guy get to go play golf and he gets to live in a bigger house than my mom? Yeah. Right? He, he barely works. Yeah. Well, it's because he owns the bank that she works at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's leveraging her for her time, right? And so I just started really seeing this. And so when Don called me up and, and said, hey, let's, let's do this, he let me fail. Really? So, yeah, he let me fail on my estimate. He, he let me fail on my estimate, guys. And, he knew and, he was going to mentor you. Well, well he, I mean. He didn't know, but, but he was there. I mean, 
he saw an opportunity to teach me a lesson. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and and to serve me later on in my life, mm -hmm. when when he didn't know how it was going to go, and neither did I, mm -hmm. right? And we don't know how the story's going to unfold, but now I do because hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So I go in there and I bid it. I give him a twenty thousand dollar bid to to redo all the trim work in his house and doors and. Um, his kitchen and countertops and tile and flooring like it was a pretty good sized job, right? Yeah. He let me he let he goes are, are you sure this is what you need to make the job happen? I said like, yeah, I'm yeah, confident. I'm good. He's like, okay Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, and and what's funny is he asked me all these questions now that you're like looking back right. and knew where he, he was leading yeah, to. He, yeah, I knew where he was leading to is, is I I sold that job and he knew I wasn't gonna make a profit He knew I was barely gonna make a wage on it he knew it because he'd been in construction for 30 plus years before this moment. Sure. So he could just look at the job and go, well, ballpark, I know you're going to be around here. He knew that I needed to be around $50,000 to do what he wanted to do, but I sold myself short. He continued to let you? Let me do it. He let you, he, oh, so you completed the job. Yeah. No, I, didn't, I came halfway to the job in tears. And, and he I said, knew it. Yeah, and I said, I don't know how I'm going to finish a project. I'm all out of money, and, and, and I'm not making a dime, and I don't know how I'm going to pay my house payment. And I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, I know. Yeah, he goes, I knew. He goes, that's why I set aside more money. So this is where we should be. So uh, if you're willing to learn how to properly bid this, and you're willing to learn, and you come here every night for the next two weeks after you're done working, and I'll show you how to do this, if you're willing to do that, and you're willing to get your finances right, willing to do all these things, I'm willing to give you a chance and give you the money that you really needed to get this job done. Were you like, I, uh, what? I, I, I mean, it, it was probably one of the, the craziest times of my life mm -hmm. where I realized that I really got a second chance. Because he could have just screwed it down and said, yeah. no, you did a deal, here's the signed paperwork. Yeah, yeah. And that's when, that's when I trusted that man with my life. Because... Here I am at twenty-some thousand dollars to do this project, yeah, and yeah. he's going to gift me another twenty grand to make it so I can make a wage, I can pay my house payment. I, you know what I mean? I'm sitting here mm -hmm. like, wow, this guy trusted me yeah. when he shouldn't have, or yeah. actually, he's not even trusting me. He's gi giving me a break. Was it right then that you knew that you realized the importance of mentors? I realized. Like, did you like? Oh, this is what I need yeah. to be doing. Well, that was the first time in my life that I was humbled to a point that I, I'd never been before. Um, I, was, I, I was good at everything I ever did growing up, except for school. School was tough for me, okay. but I was good at hacking my way through it, cheating my way through it, doing all those things. That was a moment in my life where all of the hacking and cheating and manipulating was found out. He, okay. was, the, he was the first person to really find me out. Okay. So he took you to another level, yeah. emotionally, skill-wise, yeah. you were like, okay, when I connect with people yeah. like this, who are willing to see something in me more than I see in myself, like you knew, okay, yeah. I need to do this moving forward. Absolutely. Well, and he also exposed that I was a good carpenter, but I was a horrible businessman. Okay. And he also exposed that I knew nothing about business and if I had this goal of becoming a large construction company mm -hmm. there were things I had to learn to make 
that possible. Mm -hmm. And with my current knowledge, there was no way that was going to happen. Right? There's right. no way. And How so, yeah, because yeah, you don't know what you don't know. I was literally ignorance on fire for construction. Wow. Right? Which is good. It's a good place to start. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people that are knowledge on ice, right? They know everything, but they're willing to just sit at home and go, oh, yeah, I know that. I could do it whenever. Real, you're not serving anybody or, excuse me, yourself when yeah. that happens, right? Yeah. So that was a defining moment for me. I was going to say, so that was a huge defining moment. That was when I yeah, actually, that was, that, was, that was the first time in my life other than my parents or immediate family or even my wife today, you know, my, my girlfriend, fiance back then, where I had really experienced humanity at its finest in my first round of grace, where, where somebody actually showed me grace. And so to this day, I try to make it so I show people grace. Yeah. However, I will do it with a firm hand. Yeah. I can tell, like I said, this theme about you oh, is man. a... It's 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 great, but it's a it's a dash of tough love, and it's a dash of toughen up. And I think, I mean, this is just my personality style. I think that more people need that in their life. I think that more people in friends, um, mentors, whatever. I think that m more people need to be told toughen yeah. up, yeah. get it together. Yeah. And like figure it out, and like I'm here to help you do all those things, but I mean when you talk, yeah, I was like, well, yeah, duh. What am I thinking? Of course we're doing the podcast. So let's now. let's go back to to those obstacles. I mean, let's go back to, to Don Hobart and let's talk to that that first obstacle that yeah. I had. You know what most people would have done in that situation instead of sit down at a guy's kitchen table and show my weakness? They would have ran away. They would have ran away so they could save face. But really what they would have done is they would have made an enemy for life. Yes. Yes. And and I didn't know I was doing that. I just I did I, I had no other way. I was either gonna run yeah. or I was or I was gonna go to him and just be honest and, and hope that he understood. That's facing your problems right. head on. That's kinda of what we were talking right. about. Okay. And because I chose the honest way, he knew my character was good enough that I had a foundation to build on. He's like, he's worth it. He's worth. I think that's important. Yeah. A lot of people might be thinking, well, how do I get a mentor? I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Because I've also had a lot of mentors, not a lot, but I've had yeah. a few mentors in my life. But And I've shared stories, and I'm excited, and then, and then I've heard people say, well, how do I find a mentor? Well, you keep working hard mm -hmm. until the mentor shows up. And, and, and here's the reason why I want to say that. The teacher will appear when the student is ready. So sometimes you have to go through a few things for your shell to be exposed or broken. or You have to be at a certain place. And that's when I believe Almighty, when I believe God, will go, all right, you're at that spot. I'm going to inject somebody in your life that is going to take you to the next level. Wow. And you also have to understand you might outgrow a mentor. I'm not saying I ever outgrew Don. Yeah. Because I teach people his teachings. His legacy is me. And my legacy is the words that he taught me, and it keeps going down the line. Mm -hmm. Right? So his knowledge will forever live in this world. That's incredible. That's legacy. I think that the yeah. legacy wor yeah. word, um, 
is tossed around a lot. I don't know if people really comprehend <laughs> what what it means and what it yeah. looks like, and that's what it looks like. Yeah. That's what legacy means and feels like is teaching you a lesson that, you, like you said, grace. Like that was one of the, and like you're passing that on, passing that on, and passing on the lessons that he taught you. With the episode, that's incredible. That's legacy. He's a world changer. He changed my world, therefore changed the trajectory of my life. And when construction had ran its course and I decided that that was no longer going to be my path and, and I was going to take on a new business endeavor, I realized that I had been prepared for what I'm currently doing, which is helping people um, cre create financial freedom. And um, I know that sounds cliche, but until you have your best friends walk across the stage in front of thousands, I'm talking tens to fifteens of thousands of people giving them standing ovations for making incomes that people can't even fathom, mm -hmm. and, and them looking you in the eye and go, because you knocked on my door, because you made a phone call, my life is forever changed, that was Don Hobart for me. And being able to be a part of that for other people's lives is Don's legacy. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of my son and my daughter looking up at me someday when I'm dead and gone and I'm looking up to the stars and going, man, my dad was awesome. He did big things. He went for it. He That's why I'm most proud of that I'm on that path. That building that person that your kids will be so proud of and look up to and aspire to be like. Absolutely. Can you share a little bit, you told me just a, a little bit the other day about um, an experience you had. You were, you were on stage and you had the opportunity to speak and, and influence how many people? Um, there was right around 500 people in the room, I would say. Okay. Yeah. And what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big deal. And what happened? It was my son's birthday. That yeah, day? Okay. That day. Were you at, okay. So January 5th of this year is my son's birthday. And it was his two-year birthday. Mm -hmm. And um, I got called up to speak. But it wasn't just any time to speak. It was with the CEO of a billion-dollar company. And... Um, this group has asked me to speak with the owner of a billion dollar company and the president of a billion dollar company. So these are your, this is a dream. This yes. is one of yes. one of your goals, probably one of your dreams, and it is coming and it came to life. Yeah. So you took up okay. Yeah, it came to life. You're right on, and um, I can talk more about that as well. Um, and I was heartbroken because I I'm missing my son's birthday. I worked so I, I worked so hard at creating passive residual income so I could be a family man when I used to not be a family man. I yeah. used to uh, be like, whatever, you're just here to support me and I'm just here to hit my goals, right? Mm -hmm. um, my business is my business, right? Yeah, that's, old mentality. that's old mentality. My new mentality is I want to bring everybody with. Mm -hmm. And um, if I could be a platform to, to or yeah, actually, if I could be that wave that rolls in that makes all boats rise with the tide, yeah. I'm, I want to be that guy, right? Yeah. And so that's also with being with my son and my daughter and my wife and my family, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm always working on that, by the way, because I'm a hard-charging red personality, okay? I used to be the stomp-on-your-throat-win-at-all-costs kind of guy. Mm -hmm. 
right? And um, so I wasn't able to be there. And for it, your son's birthday. For my son's birthday. And but we had known that this was coming up, right? Yeah. So we'd scheduled a birthday party the next day yeah. and made it fun for him. And he's not going to know the difference. But I wanted to document that his dad was making a sacrifice on that day with something that matters so much so that he could go live his dream. And so I, in front of everybody, before I got started with my speech, I pulled out my cell phone and I got the whole crowd to, to, to tell my son happy birthday. But before I did that, I said... When you're old enough to understand this message, I want you to watch this because I want you to know that your dad went for his goals. So someday the goals and dreams that you have, you will feel empowered to go do the same thing. I want to be an example for my son. I don't want to be a, a culmination of excuses. Mm -hmm. Why I didn't do what, what I was put to do on this earth so that, oh, I love that. that becomes my legacy. I love that. And you know what my biggest pet peeve is? Is when I meet somebody and they're so amazing and they bought into the excuses. They let that first obstacle take them out of the game. I love that. And that becomes generational. That becomes their legacy. And mediocre becomes legacy. And now the reason why we have so many people in middle class is because it's okay to be middle class. It's okay to be in debt. It's okay to do this. It's okay. No, it's okay it's, to just get by. It's not okay. It's okay to just get by. It's, it's okay, okay that you didn't go for it because of excuse, excuse, excuse. Because at the end of the day, the highs and lows that I've experienced on a 15-year journey of being an entrepreneur have grown me into a wealth of knowledge, wisdom, friendships. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's taxed friendships. It's taxed my marriage, mm -hmm. right? But camaraderie. When I sit around the dinner table with my friends or I sit around the dinner table with my wife, we have shit to talk about. Yeah. Because we've been through it. Mm -hmm. You remember that time when we had to eat beans out of the can because I lost $50,000 on a project and you hated me? <laughs> oh God, I hated you. I remember my wife being there <laughs> and, and we laugh about it now because yeah. we made it. We yeah. made it out of that. Mm -hmm. But when we were in it, she she wanted to run from me. I guarantee it. Really? How do I know? Because I, 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 I saw it happen. I saw it unfold. Mm -hmm. There there was a, about a six-month window where we were split. Divorce paperwork was being filed. She was living with her mom. I was living, you know, in the house that we had because, you know, I was so prideful. and said, I'm never going to live at my mom's house. You know, I was a jerk. You know, and, and, and um, that breakdown moment was came from, from my mom just being real and honest. And so That's how you got through that. That's because I definitely, I want to know more. Well, how I got through it was different. My mom is the one who highlighted the problem. Okay, so then she was a little bit of how you got through it. You being more self-aware than ever during that time yeah, yeah. it was like was that the foundation of getting through it yeah so so let me go back to something really quick i know we keep going back and these like little flashbacks kind of like family guy over <laughs> here right you know flashback flashback right <laughs> that's always going everything you fear unless you conquer it will show up in your life we mm -hmm. talked about that right yeah yeah i had a fear of money Okay. okay. Why did I have a fear of money? I feared losing it. Okay. I held on to a money so tight that 
I'd hold on to a dollar bill so tight that $100 would fly by, and I was gripping so hard I didn't even have a shot to grab the 100 That's just how you were, that's just where your mindset yeah. was at. Because I, just, okay. I was raised by a single mom where three jobs just to get by, and, and she money. gave me an amazing life, don't get me wrong, but money was always an issue. It was yeah. always a topic of we don't have it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So, so what's in my mindset, right? Is there's a scarcity. Scarcity. There's scarcity right, of money. Right. I have to hold on to it. Right. It can't be made. Right. It's not. It's not abundant. Right. I'm sure it's kind of. So, so in 2008, when the economy crashed, um, you know, people will blame it on the economy. No, I blamed it on my personal economy of not taking my funds and my money and actually doing something with I it. I like that. And I created the problem. And so when things got slow. I lost my house, I lost my truck, I lost my motorcycle, my boat. This that. life that I had was $500,000 in debt. And you had your own business at this time? Yeah, actually, I was. this was years after, this is five years after being mentored by Don. Okay, yes, Here's yes. another learning lesson. Because after Don, you start your yeah. own business. Well, I, I was in my business, but he took oh, it from it. 50 grand a year to, you know, 400, 500, you know, I mean, yes. like we started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The economy crashes and you lose everything. I lose everything. Oh my God. Right? And I was $500,000 in debt. I had creditors calling. I had everything going. But here's, here, I could go so deep into that story to the point where I was, I, I, I was, I was going to kill myself. It, when you have it between 10 and 20 phone calls before 8 a.m., Every day, going, where's my money? Mm -hmm. We're taking you to court. Mm -hmm. You're you're losing your house. The sheriff is knocking on your door. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you deal with that much pressure, stress, it's so hard for you to just not want to just get out of yeah. it, right? And there was there was a defining moment when my wife had a breakdown moment, and she had said, "Why can't you just be like my dad, who just got a good job and just went to work and provided for his family?" Why can't you just be like everybody else? That moment was when I pulled up my big boy pants and I said, I'm not everybody else. Mm -hmm. I was made different. Mm -hmm. This is my hockey career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is me not knowing how to bid a project. So I called up Don. Oh, I, called, wow. I called up some people. I called up my buddy Brian. There were other business owners. Um, and, and, I, and I just said, this is where I'm at. And he's like, cool, let's do it. Let's dig out of this. And Don was like, yep, we're going to do this. And we just got to work. And I worked harder than I had ever worked in my life. That's another example of tying this all together, of running towards your fears and away from them. Right. Because I had to own it at some point. You had to own it, Whether or it you could have disappeared and yeah. been like, yeah. I'm not going to deal right. with this, and you could have blamed it on the economy, yeah. you could have blamed every single person, all the yeah. customers and everything, but what I'm hearing you say is that you were like, I'm, I'm not going to let this get me out of the game, the economy's crashing, this is my fault, yeah. somehow, some way, it's my fault, yeah. and I'm going to push through this and I'm, gonna, and I'm going to make it work. Yep. So I liquidated everything, okay. um, got on Dave Ramsey's program for mm -hmm. Financial Peace University, um, learned what zero net balancing was, so every dollar had a place where it was supposed to go, um, and I learned what life was really about, which is learning a skill to help you get to the next level. And those those valleys and those plateaus aren't there to 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 really take you out of the game. They're there so you can learn, so you can get to the next.
next level. Wow. And so that work ethic and what we learned during that, and my wife being, gosh, she's gone through so much. She's an angel. Um, watching her go through all that and, and us just working and, and getting our finances together and um, get short selling our house, not filing bankruptcy mm-hmm. at all. Um, you know, living in a, in a house out in the middle of the country where we revamped it, we found a way to do a 203k mod loan, which I don't know if you know what that means, but that means that I get a construction loan inside of a house loan. Mm-hmm. And that made it so that we could refurbish a house we lived for six months in a 10 by 10 bedroom while I took a 1920s house that was crappy. Mm-hmm. It was it was mold ridden and all kinds of stuff because this house we only bought for 50 grand. Wow. So $50,000 mortgage is nothing, right? And so we just went to work on it. My poor wife lived in a house in a 10 by 10 bedroom for six months without a bathroom, without a kitchen. I mean, she is a trooper, yeah. right? Yeah. But I had to go backwards, right? But that was God not setting me back. He was setting me up, right? He was setting me up. No, I love that. Right? And so what ended up happening? Because it's the truth. I'm it is. Like, you're not being set back. You're being set up, Right. And, and so I'm revamping everything. Everything I learned during that process two years later was my first year in doing a million dollars. Because of all of the learning lessons, the financial lessons, the business, the, the business yeah. like all, I mean, that is, Skyler, I mean, that is so powerful. Because again, I just truly believe that so many people are facing some sort of challenge right now. Absolutely. Some sort of obstacle right now. And if you could just look at it that this is not a setback, it's a set up, that'll give you that thing that you need to feel first thing in the morning to like get you up, yeah. like get you out of bed, go to the gym, whatever it is, but like having that mindset is so yeah. powerful. And you know what started all of that was my wife asking me to be like everybody else. And I was just was not okay with that. That was not in my DNA. Yeah. That was just not it. Like. You just always knew. I just knew that, but I just knew I had gifts to give the world. And every person listening to this podcast, you have a gift to give to this world. What if someone's like, how do I even, how do I even find my gift? I'm in a low valley. I, I'm going through it. I've never inspired anyone, and I don't. I yeah. haven't really done anything special in my life. Like, what do I? What, what's the first step for me? Like, what if somebody has those thoughts? You know, I, I don't know if I have a clear-cut answer for that. I really don't. Um, we're all on our own journey for bigger purpose. We're all part of a narrative, um, and I think it's for good, um, not for evil. I think evil takes us out of the game, right? Evil so, takes us out of oh, the game. Oh, it does, and, it, and it's dressed up like, you know, Brian and, and I and you were talking about how the devil shows up in our life. He doesn't show up looking like a bank robber. He shows up in a, in a nice business suit, slicked back hair, with the deal of a life, right? Like a deal of a lifetime, right? And that's what he shows up like, okay? Um, you know, when, when my wife and I were, were um, you know, on the brink of divorce, there was a woman who came into my life that um, I thought she was what God had sent me to get me through, and she was going to be the next person in my life. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was, um, she's a sweetheart, by the way. Don't ever want to demean her because she's amazing. Um, just wasn't I just, the one f- Well, no, it was, it, was, it was the devil trying to 
take me off course of where I really needed to go. Distract. Yeah, and, and I had some really good friends who pointed that out. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it was one of the toughest times of my life. Mm -hmm. um, because it, it showed up looking like an injury. It showed up looking like comfort. It showed up looking like the answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't the answer. No. The answer was struggle. The answer was learning. Mm -hmm. The answer was was accountability. Yeah. The answer wasn't run and start a new life. Yeah. I have things that I need to work on with myself and my marriage yeah. is what you were thinking. One, one of the things that stuck with me was uh, my ex-business partner, Wes. What's up, Wes? Um, love that dude. Um, he had gone through a divorce. And uh, he just, he said something that stuck with me, and, and he told it to me a couple of years before I was on this path. Mm -hmm. And this is, by the way, this is when I was doing successful, I was very successful in construction at this point. Mm -hmm. My wife is like, because mm, I'm working 120 hours a week now, like yeah. I created another monster, right? Yeah. We're very successful by most people's standards. Mm -hmm. So now I've got to figure out another challenge in my life, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is the head, this is the tip of the iceberg. We've climbed the whole thing, it's at climax, my wife says, we get back from a vacation, and she goes, um, I've got an apartment, I'm moving out next week, I'm done, um, and see you later. And, what? We just had a great vacation. She goes, that was all just, it was just me just biding my time. Because it came to such a head. It was so hard for her to live in a house with me because I had a chip on my shoulder from coming down from $500,000 in debt to kicking ass, right? And then I got a chip on my shoulder. So it was me, you were, right? you were focused on your success right. and your accomplishments. Right. And I think a lot of us can get there. Right. And why I heard something interesting the other day that makes me think of this is a lot of the times we show our best self at work. Like our best self, right. our, our best highest version of ourselves shows up at work right. and a lot of the times you show your worst self <laughs> at home yep. and when I heard that I was like oh my gosh how many people yeah. does that ring so true everybody even to this day I battle that yeah you know I'm, yeah. I'm a speaker I have to I have you to have make sure to. that I'm doing the right things in public right yeah yeah but I also need to have integrity and do the right things at home yes yeah Right? Yeah, we're going off on so many things. I know. I'm getting I to the purpose. I'm so getting good. to the purpose, okay? Yeah. So I'm going through all of this, but Wes had said, what, what's, made, what's made my marriage fail if I don't figure out, so he would take these, you know, sabbaticals and not date anybody and go, I got to figure out what made this happen so I don't carry it on to the next relationship. You got to fix that ailment. If you don't, you just keep going from next relationship to next relationship or business to business or whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? hobby to hobby. They're all going to hit a point and then it's going to fail at that point. Wow, I've never heard it like that. But it's, it's the truth. Like, think about it, right? If you start a business and you write it for three years and it fails because of cash flow, yeah. guess what? Your next business you start will probably fail because of cash flow. If you don't learn the skills yeah. to fix that. So instead of cutting and running and file bankruptcy and calling it quits, mm -hmm. You've got to figure out how to get cash flow, even if you're having to eat beans out of a can. Yeah, yeah. Right? You just got to do it, right? So you will that, create that situation for yourself. Over and over and over until you finally accomplish it, right? So, so when he told me that, it just was ringing through my, through my, my, 
you know, through my head. And then Brian invited me to a church function. This is the first time I really started looking at faith. Um, and uh, I just remember going uh, to a Passover meal and leaving there going like, wow, like this information is really cool. Um, I had a Bible next to my bed, but I never read it. It was kind of like at like a, like at a hotel, you know, in the drawer. Yeah. Except it was on a on a little nightstand. And when I came home, the Bible was on the ground. It was open, face down. And I'm like, I haven't touched that thing in a long time. I haven't touched that thing ever, probably, except yeah. to put it on that bookshelf. Yeah. And and when I opened it, it was in Proverbs, and it says that um, uh, 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 something along the lines, and, and I have it actually saved, but. Uh, wow. Um, it said something along the lines of, uh, you'll be found out. Every every truth comes out. Mm-hmm. You'll be found out. And, and what it found out was um, I was I was moving on with another woman. I had found out that um, I was just lying to people about how great my life was. There were so many things. And in that moment, it was just like, yeah, yeah this, this, this book's right. Mm-hmm. This book is right. I got, I can't, no more, like, how can I have integrity in a business meeting when I don't have integrity at home? Yeah, yeah, right? that's so good. And so my mom create, created the, I'm going to take ownership, and then I'm taking ownership, but I'm still kind of lying about my ownership, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm hurting somebody along the way. Mm-hmm. And this is a big head in my relationship. And, you know, uh, I'm just like, yeah, no more. Like, no more. I'm taking... The, like, I'm just going to start living in more of a glass box. Uh, I'm going to take Oh my, my gosh, I love how you said that. It's just going to air about it all an out. instant, like, visual. Yeah. Transparent. Yep, just going to start becoming transparent, telling people about my problems, yeah. about how I'm going to overcome them, and just watch me do that. And, and so I went to money-making conferences, and I started uh, really just uh, learning how can I invest my money to get my time back, and I just told my wife, don't leave me, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. And... It was really rough. I mean, there, there was so much going on. And my wife, uh, you know, had left me. The reason why she had left me is because she had started a relationship with somebody else. Okay. And she wanted to get away so she could start her new life because she had feelings for somebody else. Mm-hmm. The reason why is I put her through hell, mm-hmm. and I wasn't giving her a good life, so why should she stay? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is every time I do come home, I treated her like an employee, not like my wife, mm-hmm. right? And I was just, I was just a jerk. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm really even surprised we're still married to this day. Thank God, mm-hmm. right? But it was because I finally started saying the right things to her. Mm-hmm. Of, I messed up. Like this is the first time I admitted how how fucked up my life was. Yeah, yeah. It's not your fault that your life is fucked up. It's your fault if you keep it there and you let it stay fucked up. Mm-hmm. But the because first stop step is being self-aware of where yeah, you're at. Absolutely. And so it was messed up. I mean, it was bad. And um, and that's when I started to get to work. Okay. And um, Really quick. Hang on right there. We're going to quick take a quick break. We'll be right back. 